Hello, and thanks for listening to Healthcare 360, a podcast by Beth Israel Leahy Health. I'm very excited today to have my friend and colleague, Tom Sands, joining us today, who's the president of Northeast Hospitals, which, Tom, you'll tell us a little bit about. It's actually a couple of hospitals all mixed into one, right? Yes, it's Beverly Hospital located in Beverly, Massachusetts, Addison Gilbert Hospital located in Gloucester, and we also have Bay Ridge Psychiatric Facility located in Lynn, Massachusetts. And Tom, I know you'll introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your career, but I should also note that Tom is not only the president of those hospitals, but is also the divisional president of all of our community hospitals, which will be a topic of conversation today. Congratulations formally on air on that. Oh, thank you. Living in Massachusetts, I describe my role as like Bill Russell back in the 60s as a player coach. I'm a president of a hospital, and I also have several presidents reporting to me. Yeah. And Bill won a few championships during his day, so hopefully we can win we a few championships as well. <laughs> That's it. Well, Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career and how you got here. Sure. I always jokingly say this is a South, South, South Boston accent. <laughs> I'm originally from Georgia. I've been in healthcare administration for over 30 years now. I was introduced to it actually by my mother, who was the first African-American RN to work in mm. the OR at a hospital in Macon, Georgia. So literally, I've been in the healthcare since before I was born. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. How long have you been in Massachusetts? I've been in Massachusetts now for eight years. Okay. Originally was working for a for-profit system. I've actually worked in the South Shore, moved into the city, and now I'm working on the North Shore. So I've really had the wonderful experience of really experiencing pretty much all of the East Coast of Massachusetts. Yeah. And Tom, you know, as part of this podcast, we've been talking a lot about healthcare more broadly and the challenges. Also, at the same time, how those challenges get interpreted into a brand new system as we are. In your role, as you said, player coach, both as the president of a few different hospitals, but also as this divisional president here for our community hospitals, I imagine these smaller hospitals have their own unique brand of challenge in surviving some of these pressures. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what it's like for if there is such a thing as the average community hospital. Well, community hospitals are anything but average. Right. They are present. They're in the community. I see community hospitals almost like politics. All politics is local. Community hospitals are local. They're when you're needed by the various communities. I like to say we talk about community hospitals, academic medical centers. I know we have both types within BILH. But from a community hospital perspective, they're known for having comparable quality to academic medical centers, higher patient experience scores, and also doing it in a more cost-effective manner. Mm-hmm. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> so with that being said... That focus on community, there are challenges every day, and you hear a lot about access for the public. Past few years, as we kind of navigated through the pandemic and beyond, Mm -hmm. you know, workforce development, meeting people where they are, helping them to develop and grow, being very intentional about investment in them so that they will feel that they can thrive and become the most awesome selves within our hospitals. At the same time, we have to make sure that we're continuously listening to the community, what their needs are, how we should be providing it, not only being technologically advanced, but also ensuring that we continue with that high touch when it comes to caring for our community. I imagine, you know, I was both on medical staff and part of systems with several community hospitals. And I think the average person that's not in healthcare often places great value on their local institution, their community hospital, and the physicians associated with it. But perhaps I worry sometimes that folks maybe take it for granted because especially in a high-pressure environment, is it true to say that the margin for error is narrower in a community hospital just because of the sheer size, or is that not a reasonable thing to say? As you think about it from a margin for error in terms of, you can look at it in different ways. From an economics perspective, 
very fragile margins, lower reimbursement. So you have to be very thoughtful with where you invest, how you invest, but also recognizing that you must always continue to be focused on providing high quality and safe care and doing it in a manner where people feel respected. But from the fragileness of it, it also comes from recognizing that you are the closest to the community. When they need care, sometimes you can hear about a larger tertiary care facility, but time can cost lives. Being present when people need you is so important. You know, we speak about our emergency departments being the front door to care for people. Mm-hmm. We talk about our maternity spaces, which continues to be the happy place where people are introduced. But the other piece that makes us special is in our communities that we serve, majority of our employees probably were born at the hospital. Mm-hmm. You have generations of people right. who work at those hospitals and their friends, their family members, and their colleagues choose to come to those community hospitals for care. Right. So when you think about it from that perspective, Perspective. It is a high-pressure expectation. There is very narrow room for failure. We cannot afford to fail because when we're needed, we must be there. Mm-hmm. And we continuously work every day to make sure that we are present when our community needs us. Yeah. I imagine your employees also have perhaps a different tie to those community hospitals as well, right? Because maybe they were born there or have always worked there or have multiple generations that have worked there. Yes, it's amazing. I was speaking with one family during a retirement. They've had 21 family members working at Beverly Goodness Hospital. Gracious. I was speaking to a retiree from our facilities department last week, as a matter of fact. The reason mm-hmm. I remember because he plays Santa every year. He's worked there <laughs> for 40 years in that hospital, as a matter of fact. And his daughter has taken the baton as a nurse working in our cardiology services amazing. area. And so, you know, he was so proud as we were speaking in the hallway about his daughter, but also what that means to the community in terms of we're in the community, we're neighbors, and we as a family want to support our community. Right. That's amazing. Tom, before we talk about sort of the divisional role, one of your hospitals is a behavioral health hospital, and that has its own different flavor of challenges, I'm sure, but it's also an incredibly needed service. Yes, Bay Ridge Hospital located in Lynn, Massachusetts. It's a 60-bed behavioral health hospital that we have in place for adults. During the challenges that people experience in terms of needing additional behavioral health services, we're very proud that we're able to offer that service for inpatient adults. But it's When you think about BILH, between Bay Ridge, what we offer at Beverly Hospital and also what we offer at Addison Gilbert Hospital, we represent close to one-third of the inpatient beds that provide behavioral health services to the communities that BILH serves. It's a very special group of people who work in that space. Mm -hmm. We talk about doing things from a mission of love. Mm -hmm. It's obvious every day as they come in and serve those patients. I spoke about respect, holding each other to a higher level of expectation and accomplishment. Every day, they're helping to change people's lives. Lives, putting them in a position where they can go out and thrive as citizens. So what Bay Ridge does, what we do in all of our behavioral health spaces is special and it's something that we will continue to offer because there's a great need in our communities oh, for this care. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, you know, in the very first episode, Kevin Tab, our CEO, was on talking about the impact, well, about lots of things, but including the impact of the pandemic on the health system at large. I imagine for community hospitals, again, going back to that low margin for error, that had to be particularly challenging. And I wonder if you could comment on that and maybe by extension, being part of a system during that time, I imagine that's also has its pros and cons, right? Just realistically as a community hospital. Yes, it's great to be part of a system. You know, I consider BLH to be a new start, you know, yeah. started in 2019, 38,000 employees, but really in a lot of different ways. We're bringing together a lot of different cultures, academic medical center cultures, mm-hmm. community hospital cultures. But, you know, we recognize, and I think most people see now, that you're stronger together than alone. And so being able to find that sweet spot, as I call it, between 
maintaining that local culture, that community connection that you have in a community hospital, while at the same time leveraging the scale, the best practices, the knowledge that can be gained, the better positioning to leverage that size that comes with being part of a larger system. Bringing those two together really makes us stronger. So the community hospital bring a lot to the table for the system. And as a system, through a system approach, we're able to make sure that we're in a much better position to continue to serve the various communities where we're represented. Yeah. In your new role, and now going beyond the hospitals that you had been managing to now having this broader strategic view of community, we all know, well, actually, the folks listening may not know, I know you and I know, that BILH has a strategic focus on having the majority of its care be provided in communities, not necessarily in the academic health center, which is, I think, unique among other systems that have academic health center. So that in many ways, the presence, the impact, the power of community is explicitly stated as being of higher priority and of higher influence. Now you have this responsibility over our community hospitals. How is that viewpoint different in your mind than what you've had before? I have a healthy respect for what each community hospital brings. Mm -hmm. I've had the pleasure of visiting each one, attending board meetings, visiting with the senior leadership teams and the presidents from the various hospitals from Plymouth, Massachusetts to Exeter up in New Hampshire. And this one thing that always stands out the caring, and truly I mean this, the love that is demonstrated inside the four walls of mm-hmm. each hospital. You see it when you walk down the halls, you can feel it. You know, as a healthcare executive, when I walk into a place, I'm looking up, I'm looking down, I'm smelling, I want to say, how does it feel? Are people greeting each other? Yeah. And while each community hospital is a little unique, they have that in common. You could feel that community mm-hmm. spirit. Now, in terms of my viewpoint as being the interim division president, it's How do we learn from each other? You know, sometimes we have this healthy competition that we all have. Sometimes I call it (laughs) cooperation. So now it becomes we can't do all things in all locations, but we do have to assure that we provide those core services. But make sure that we learn from each other. We borrow with pride. You know, if a person is doing a little differently, it's like, well, why can't we do that here? Mm -hmm. So part of what I see is assuring that the local entities, institutions have another voice at the table as we look at things from a system and speak about things from a system perspective, but also being able to, you know, everybody's special while at the same time, there's some things that we all have in common and we have to be open to trying some of these things right. because as we develop and become a stronger system, it's important while that we learn from each other. We can learn from the community hospitals, but the community hospitals can learn from each other in terms of how to do it better, more effectively, more efficiently, do it in a manner where employees are excited about coming to work every day Mm -hmm. and where the patients feel that, you know what, they understood me, they cared for me and took care of me when I was in greatest need. So that's part of what I've been discovering along the way. Yeah. And, you know, it's early into this role, but it's exciting in terms of how we can all come together truly as a community care division to bring that care to the communities. And as you mentioned, as part of what we call our Blueprint 2030 strategies to push and provide 70% of that care in the communities. It's not just inside the bricks and mortar of the hospitals, but leverage technology. We introduce hospital at home as a program where a patient can actually receive that care in their households where they qualify. And just being open to new ways that we can meet the needs of the community. So it's an exciting time to be part of BILH. And actually, I'm very excited about this role I'm serving in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would imagine there's a sense of urgency, I'm sure. I mean, you can't look at Becker's or some articles sort of see hospitals closing left and right. And a big chunk of those often are community hospitals because that low margin for error. Yes. So I imagine there's a sense of urgency, I'm sure, to really fight for the sustainability and really what the future model of these hospitals will look like. 
Yes, we don't want to be the best kept secret in town. Right. You no, know, community right. hospitals do amazing work. I've shared about the people who are providing it. You know, we're consistently speaking about what we do for and to people. And so it's important that that message is out there. We are fortunate to have very engaged elected officials who care and want to know what can I do for you? How can I make things go better? Right. And so we have regular communications with our elected officials from around the Commonwealth. And the challenge is real. We don't make widgets. We care for people. And so really, that's a pride and pressure that comes from being in this role that we're in. Our frontline providers every day making a difference to the people who you don't see that are making a difference. That person working in the supply chain who's assuring that those supplies are there for our frontline right. providers. Right. And then, you know, on occasionally the administrators do a little work as well just to kind of <laughs> just kind of make sure things are going in an appropriate direction. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Tom, I think one of the things I was hoping to talk with you about is not only do you have all these roles and responsibilities, but as you mentioned, you have a legacy with your mom, but then also you as an African-American leader in healthcare broadly, but even in this system, especially now as we're thinking about you know, Black History Month and the path that you feel like you have created for a lot of others. I wonder if you have any overall reflections on that as a leader, how maybe your viewpoint may be different because of that, and what are your thoughts? You know, we all hopefully evolve, and... I remember, you know, growing up in this little town of Macon, Georgia, where the hospital was the largest employer in town. Most communities, the hospitals are usually one of the top two or three employers. Right. And so you can see where, from an economic perspective, it can be life-changing. My mother being an RN, I have to say that, as I mentioned, she was the first RN, African-American RN, to work in the OR, this 700-bed hospital back in the 1950s. And she worked there for 40 years, and it was just amazing. And it was interesting. My mother didn't drive, so the hospital was always part of my life because my father would get my brother and I up. We'd take my mom, drop her off at the hospital, Mm. and then they'd take me to my grandparents' house where we'd go to school from there. So that hospital was always kind of part of my life. Right. Then I became a volunteer in that same hospital when I was in high school. Wow. And I had a chance to work with an African-American physician who happened to be the first African-American surgeon to work at the hospital. And he was not allowed to change clothes in the locker room with the other surgeons. So they created his own little changing area. You know, by the time I came along, when I was spending some time in his practice with him, he had kept his changing area, his private changing space, because, well, you didn't want me there then, and so now it's mine today. Yeah. And it was interesting. Sometimes you're in a position to do certain things. So one thing that stands out for me, his name was Dr. G.A. Johnston, amazing person. And one thing we did was to celebrate him instead where he had to come in through the side door, had a separate office. Wow. We put a monument up to him in the front of the hospital so that people would know and recognize what he went through to help do things for different people. So you stand on the shoulders, as we say, of a lot of different people. And as I kind of chose healthcare, healthcare administration as a career, had a chance to be exposed to a lot of different things, some positive, some negative. And some you kind of look back and it's kind of Interesting. I never forget when I was administrative resident coming out of grad school in Columbus, Georgia, working in the hospital down in administration. And they said, Hey, notice you got a different person cleaning your office every day. I was like, Not really. He's like, They've never seen a black person down here, and everybody wants to get a look at you. Wow. So, so that was just wow. kind of interesting yeah. in that space and time, yeah. which wasn't that long ago. But then you think about where those relationships are developed, where you form those friendships in these very small towns where you get to become friends. You know, you go find the places to have lunch together where, you know, a diverse group of people coming together say, let's go have lunch together on a regular basis, which used to be very positive. And then another thing I'll say as I kind of complete my answer here is you do learn along the way. It's not just about you. You have to, I don't say give back, I say give forward. And sometimes you're giving forward 
by being frank and honest with people. Folks want to know, well, how do I get to where you are? I want this. And you just kind of want to share with them, you know, what it takes. You know, everybody has their own journey, how they can pursue it. And just look for your joy. Be open to what's important to you. And just don't doubt yourself. Sometimes we're waiting for somebody to anoint us to say, you are worthy. And sometimes I'll just say, well, touch your shoulders and say, guess what? You're anointed. Yeah. You are worthy. Yeah. Now move yeah. forward. And I've had two events. The most recently, I was at an event here in Massachusetts where someone stopped me and says, you know, you interviewed me for a job. You were honest with me and told me you didn't think I was quite ready for it, but you told me what I needed to do to prepare. And I want to tell you, I listened, and now I have this position that I was striving well, for, yeah. and I really want to thank you for what you did and your advice because I could tell you cared. And it was a special moment for me because right. it becomes part of that natural thing that you do. You want to share with people, and it's great that when they said they appreciate it along the way. And so I'm appreciative of people who've supported me along the way, and the least I can do is be a supportive of others regardless of their race, as they pursue their objectives. But during this time of Black History Month, it is important to me that I let people know that's possible. Yeah. And that, you know, love is a verb, and we demonstrate that love by investing, engaging, and supporting people as we move forward. Amazing. I wonder, do you view it as, um, I mean, healthcare, as we know, has a pretty awful history of institutional racism in all sorts. I mean, like all aspects of life, but certainly healthcare specifically is no stranger to it. And as hopefully we evolve over time, obviously still a lot of work to do. Do you often view it as a special response? I mean, hopefully we all share some responsibility in how to address it and fix it. But I imagine the mentorship piece, does that feel like a different set of responsibilities to you to be that pioneer or mentor? Or do you view it that way for others that might be looking at you and say, I want to do that someday? Great question. It's not something I feel like pressure to mm-hmm. do. It's you look around. You see people struggling, challenged in a lot of ways, and you recognize that you can help people engage in a career that can be life-changing. You're making a difference in other people's lives, but at the same time, you position yourself where you can be economically self-sufficient and you can help take care of your family and loved ones, be it as a registered nurse, as a radiologic technologist, someone working in support services. It's Mm -hmm. such a wonderful career and full of opportunities that You just want to make sure that people are aware. Sometimes what they see is what they'll be. Mm -hmm. Share with them, you know, they've heard of nurses, they've heard of the physicians, but there's so much more that you could do in this wonderful field. And so I feel an obligation that my pressure is to kind of spread that message as much as I can and to provide people with opportunities and to help provide them with a bridge to take advantage of those opportunities. Mm -hmm. So it's really not a pressure-packed thing for me, but I do feel a responsibility to give mm-hmm. forward because of, you know, what has been provided to me over the years. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your mom was a pretty great mentor in that regard. Yeah. Like I said, she didn't drive. So we walked all over half of Macon, Georgia. As I said. <laughs> and it was just amazing when you kind of look back in terms of those life learning experiences from, you know, your mother in healthcare to you. Yeah. I walked down the halls of the hospital and the, she worked in the OR, so all these surgical residents and people who've gone through the residency would say, if it wasn't for your mother, I would not have completed my residency. Wow. And when they say that with me, I think back to what she said is, you know, when I first got there, you would have the RNs and you would have the surgical techs, the LPNs, but the RN would be coordinator of the show, but they would not direct their questions called towards her. They would go towards the person who really did not have the knowledge and skill sets because it happened to be the same color as them. Mm. And it was amazing how that evolved from that mindset to them saying now that I would not have completed that program yeah. without your mother. So yeah. it's special. Yeah, it says know. a lot about her. And, yeah. and so when you watch people every day in terms of how they go about 
doing what they do. Mm -hmm. And so appreciative of her, appreciative of a lot of people out there who make a difference every day. And one thing I would say also is let's not assume that where people are is where they're going to be. Well, they just work in environmental services, so they just work in the support area. It's like, you know what, that person that you're saying is just this, maybe the president of their parent teachers association, maybe the choir director at their church, they're bringing some leadership skills to the table, and we can't afford to leave anyone behind, and we got to be a little bit more creative in terms of, oh, that person brought something to the table that I did not recognize because I was looking through some very narrow lenses. So one thing is, as we look at everyone that's out there, don't think about them from a perspective of limitation, but look at them from a perspective of what they offer to the table from a position of abundance, I would say. Yeah. And so um, it's just one of those things in terms of unfortunately being in a position where I can say, you know what, let's give them a shot, you know? Yeah. You never know. We may be starting a legacy that can be life-changing for our community, our hospital, and also for that family. Yeah, amazing. Very wise words. Before we go, are you feeling optimistic generally about healthcare these days or there's a lot of bad press out there? How yeah. are you feeling about the state of the universe right now? Well, you know, by nature, I'm a positive person. I like mm-hmm. to be optimistic about the possibilities, you know, I'm a realist. It doesn't just happen. You got to work. You got to prepare. You got to look at things differently. So I am optimistic about healthcare. Will it continue to be provided the way it currently is? I think it's evolving. Yeah. And we've got to be open to that. And so, you know, healthcare service to people is something that I would always be excited about. I think we're going to be here. And as long as we're very focused on what's most important, which are the people we serve and the people that provide that care, I think we're going to be just fine. Well, thank you, Tom. It's great working with you every day and look forward to talking more. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. And if folks have thoughts or ideas about future podcasts, please leave a comment on social media and please make sure and rate us on your favorite podcast app. Talk to you soon.